Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Grasshopper.com. Save $50 on your order at www.TryGrasshopper.com forward slash Paratruth. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mutual view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? Ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And if you're visiting for the first time for the 100th and maybe 153rd time? Is it 153rd? It's a good number. Sounds like a good number. Actually, this is number uh, 154. 54. So if it's the 154th time. Welcome back or welcome. I hope that you check out paratruthradio.com. There you can find out more about us, what we do, our uh, creative works and our sponsors, all that great stuff, as well as you can contact us or click on the different icons for our social medias. So tonight is going to be a very amazing episode. We've got another great topic for you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. For those of you listening at FringeRadioNetwork.com as well as ParatruthRadio.com, let's get ready to expose some lies. Now Paratruth presents The Puppet and the Puppeteer, a look into child hauntings. Rumors of child hauntings have plagued the paranormal for years. Many believe that these hauntings are simply the spirits of lost children while others believe that there is a much more sinister reason for their being. So, interesting topic this week, guys. I had mentioned it last week, and Eric just did with the intro. There's a lot of different theories about what is going on when you hear a spirit on an EVP, or the psychics will say that they, they detected a child spirit, or whatever is going on during an investigation. And, you know, one of the, one of the things, main things that we'd come across is a lot of ghost hunters will not touch a case if there's a quote unquote child spirit involved because for whatever reason, they automatically associate it with a demon. And, you know, one thing that I had said to Eric when we were talking about getting ready for this show was, you know, from Eric's perspective, these these spirits that we're coming across are all demon. There aren't any human spirits. So my biggest question is, is, if a child spirit is a demon spirit, why do they not think that any other spirit is not a demon spirit? Is that just because demons are pl- playing on the I'm a child, please help me thing? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that as far as why ghost hunters 
don't think that way or why they just automatically think, oh, child, demon. Yeah, well, I'm not, I actually, this isn't even going to come from my own thoughts. This is something I actually researched and found that, uh, some, I'm not going to say some, I'm not going to say many because I haven't been able to talk to every paranormal <laughs> researcher out there, but yeah. some researchers, and it seems like the majority of which that I've, uh, researched or have talked to seem to, uh, believe that a demonic entity is going to use a child's spirit either by manifesting as one or somehow controlling a child's spirit. Uh, in an effort to weaken the person who's doing the investigation, allowing them to open that door to give in to the child, uh, to, to ask questions and whatnot, which but gives the demon an easy way in. Uh, so it's definitely a type of manipulation there, uh, according to the investigators that have been, you know, work in the, in, in the field for the last at least couple of years, if not longer. Uh, now from, from my own view and understanding of it, it, it seems like, Many of the investigators that come forth on TV or that have come forth to radio has claimed, yeah, there's a child spirit in this house or in this establishment. It's a demonic entity. Why? Because demons, for whatever reason, like to portray little children. And I thought that was an interesting question that you had asked a couple of weeks ago as well. Uh, why is it that, you know, these little kids can be demons but not grownups? And I <laughs> yeah. think the reason being is, just that people, people tend to be more lenient towards children because they have this soft spot for kids who are supposed to be seen as innocent, you know, and who are uh, unsure of what their reality may be if indeed they are really child spirits, you know, maybe they don't know they crossed over or this or that. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I think that that's the main reason as to what people have been, have been coming forth with. Well, and you know, Coming from from me, I mean, I, I do believe in human spirits, but I don't understand how someone can believe in human spirits and then believe in, in demons as well and then say, okay, child, spirit, demon, regular spirit, not demon. It just blows my mind because I am open to the to possibility that human spirits are actually just demons portraying our loved ones. It's a possibility. So it just, <laughs> I, I had to start out with that because it's just something that boggles my mind with how these people think. So. Well, and I agree, like, the, the one thing that interests, or that, that, that interests me, but the one thing that's intriguing to me is, I mean, demons aren't stupid by any means. Everybody who's ever encountered one knows it in the paranormal field, whether you're a Christian or not, uh, you know, if you've encountered a demonic entity, there's enough to be said, you know, mm-hmm. as to why people are scared of them and back away. Uh, but, you know, to, to think that they only use children is kind of out there because they can also manipulate your grandmother, your grandfather, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, whatever, anything that's going to open that door. Uh, but you're right. People tend to be like, oh, this is my brother talking to me, my deceased brother. That must be him, not the demonic entity that's trying to attach. And yet it's interesting because many of these people say that after encountering most of these spirits, not saying that they're demonic, but any spirit, most of these spirits, they tend to follow them home or something begins Mm. to happen in their own home. They get an attachment. And it's like, well, most spirits wouldn't just attach themselves to you. It doesn't make sense Uh, if indeed they're human minded. So, well, I think that if it's human spirits and it's a like, for example, somebody who was getting lonely or something. I could, I can see that happening, but yeah, I, it's just odd that 
that most people don't think, oh, hey, this isn't a demon mimicking the voice of my dead Aunt Tilly because Aunt Tilly would say all these things that the demon would have not, I right. guess. But, um, so some of the other stuff, what's some of the other stuff he came across? Um, like as far as the, the demon manipulating a human child, were, were there multiple cases on that? Where I mean, there, there's, there, of course there's multiple cases on it. Um, it, and in the end, it really comes down to one's per, uh, perception or perspective, uh, and understanding of the paranormal, you know, what their exact views are. Uh, you know, obviously if, if you have some type of spiritual side, I'm going to say, because I'm not going to say Christian because there's plenty of people out there who aren't Christians still believe in demons. Um, they tend to find that when you start to ignore some of these children, the demonic entity that's portraying the child it tends to lash out and become violent, uh, either by making noises, moving things much uh, like uh, poltergeist-type activity, mm-hmm. uh Pinching, slapping, scratching, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which, of course, interestingly enough, people who don't believe in demonic entities say that if it's just a child spirit, they'll do the same thing. They'll become rambunctious and they'll, they'll start doing the same stuff because the child wants doesn't want to be ignored, basically. Uh, they want to be loved on. So it, it, interestingly, I think it, in most of the cases in which there's a child entity, if you don't bother to make contact with it in the beginning – then it doesn't seem to affect the person. It doesn't seem to lash out or follow or anything. It'll just try its best to get your attention. And once that happens, boom, it's like you're unleashing hell to an extent. Uh, and it's fair game. Yeah. And the, the funny thing about all of this is, is the movie coming out called It... Mm-hmm. Uses this same tactic. Of, I love it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Such a good. Oh. It, it the the entity it, Pennywise in the the movie uses that same tactic. It appears as a child, uses a child's voice. So one thing I was thinking about coming up on this episode was a lot of movies, horror movies, and and uh, paranormal movies specifically. You know. You start to think that maybe Hollywood kind of has an in on some of these topics. Do you think that uh, Hollywood puts these type of things into movies to make us aware? Or do you think it's more of a desensitizing thing? Or is it something just more like creative thinking? You mean in regards to just having the scary aspect? or Well, like for example, It, which is... A book first and foremost before right. it was a movie. Use do you think that they would use the child to demon aspect because they know that that's what's going on? Oh, I don't think they know anything. That's getting into this whole secret society type thing where they know more <laughs> than us. That's where you're getting slowly. Um no, I don't think they know. I think it's it's just scary. It's creepy. You know, again, you're matching something that's very innocent and pure to something that's very evil and unpure. I mean, it's, it's the big contrast. You want to invite people in and then scare the hell out of them. Um, one thing, if anyone has seen the recent trailer, uh, for Annabelle creation, they're using a child spirit in that one. It's, it's a story about the child 
who dies and then is basically takes possession of the Annabelle doll. Uh, but the child itself isn't really a child. It's a demonic entity portraying a child. And, you, you know, we, we see that as a commonality between many, many, many movies uh, and books. Mm. It's just that it's that creep factor, you know, same with like children in the corn and all that. It's just something scary about this innocent creature, if you will, that becomes violent and horrifying. It's I don't know. In the end, it makes good money is what it does. If you've seen the leader of the children of the corn, he's a creepy little dude. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so, yeah. And, you know, one thing that uh, I had thought about doing some some research on this and everything is, you know, even if it is human spirits staying on this plane, I, I've always had the belief that kids are one of the innocents and are just automatically snatched up to heaven. Now, granted, from the Bible side, everybody who believes in Jesus is snatched up to, to heaven. Um, do you, have you ever done research in the biblical text where it says anything specifically about children? Yeah. And, you know, in the end, it really doesn't say anything specific. You know, it doesn't come blatantly out and say, hey, if your child dies, I'll take him into heaven, you know, or her, for those of you politically correct. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't say that. It just doesn't say that. It says, or basically the idea is based on the Lord's love and what you see throughout scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, the one common theme is God's love for children. And we see that over and over again. Jesus comments on it many times. Uh, and so the idea though is that the scriptures tell us that one has to come of faith in order to be saved. However, God being all knowing knows that children at a certain age cannot come to that knowledge on their own. They, they, they just can't do it. They can't process it. They can't comprehend it. Therefore, if they were to die before their ability to comprehend, then it would only make sense that the Lord would take them up in his arms. Um, there's absolutely nothing in scripture that says that children will perish and be burned in hell because they didn't know, you know. Right. Uh, and I know there's people out there who've questioned this and have even questioned us in the past saying, well, if that's the case, what about all the people in third world countries who you know, are older, but the gospel has never reached them? Those people aren't going to be in hell, right? No, that's not true. Because according to the scripture, God says that we can see him in all his creation, the trees, the sky, the stars, et cetera, et cetera. When you see those things, that is enough to bring you onto the Lord. And yes, people may not know his name. They may not know Jesus, but there's an eternal state where they know of God and they know God. Um, and th- those are the little things that God can pick up on. So God knows when somebody is saved or when somebody knows it's him, you know, mm. um, so, so th- yeah, uh, as for, as for children, there's nothing specific in the Bible, but it's something you just, in one sense, hope for. But at the same time, you see the scripture that it's pretty plainly written how much God loves and cares for children. So, okay. So earlier this week, I had actually asked, uh, some of our Paratruth listeners, uh, to chime in for this specific episode. Uh, one of the questions I asked was, what are listeners thought? about child spirits 
Did they believe that the spirits were simply lost here? Uh, were they held here by an unknown entity or were they maybe some type of manifestation of a demonic entity? And of course we had some people chime in and one that I wanted to mention or bring up here because I thought it was interesting. Uh, Adam, I'm not going to mention the names of our listeners. because I don't know if they want that out there or not, but, uh, <clears throat> one of our listeners, uh, or who's, who follows us here on Paratruth said that in his opinion, uh, or, you know, his belief, a child spirit is a child who needs a break from tragedy and chooses eternal play to get away from suffering. And so I'm thinking this is more so towards the whole poltergeist type of thing as well. Uh, when we're thinking of children playing or just goofing off, because we know that children, according to, uh, paranormal forums and according to a number of other, you know, sites and, uh, investigators, children are very uh, mischievous. Mm hmm. And, you know, just like a normal child would be. I mean, look at your brother's kids. <laughs> they drive me crazy sometimes. <laughs> Mischievous. Um, so, I mean, what do you think about this? A child spirit is a child who needs a break from tragedy and chooses, chooses eternal play to get away from suffering. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, because I think that's, I don't know. I, it's hard to, to say what he's, what he's actually saying because it almost sounds like, He's saying children choose to die and become spirit to be, to eternally play instead of be in this tra tragic world. Is that your take on it? <laughs> no, it's not. But I could see where that's coming from because, I mean, based on the way that this is written here, uh, it, it, you can take it from a number of different perspectives, you know, and it's really one's perspective. Um, but I think this could also be more so like, a child who is lost, who, who's died and the spirit is lost and roaming the earth is so overwhelmed by the tragedy of being alone that it chooses to start playing eternally, oh, okay. manifesting these mischievous type of things, you know, to get away from suffering. Okay. Um, well, I mean, if big, if these, these are actual child spirits, I could, I could see that. Um, but like I said, in my personal opinion, any any child spirit, I'd say within a certain range of age, because there is a certain point where kids do learn the the difference between right and wrong. Some mm -hmm. of them get saved because their parents are reading in the Bible and get them baptized and all that stuff. Um, so I, I do think that they are are snatched straight up to to heaven. Um, but yeah, if if child's children's spirits stayed on this earth, I could see that, but that isn't my personal belief. So I, I, I would say that's probably not what's happening. But again, that, that is my own personal belief. Mm -hmm. Well, now that actually brings up something else. Um, and, and it's getting not necessarily away from children's spirits, but since you had mentioned that you believe children's spirits go to heaven no matter what, but that human spirits can walk the earth. I mean, what is in your understanding the difference between those two? Like, are you telling me that as an adult, you have a choice to stay on earth, but as a child, you don't have a choice and there is no freedom there. Or, I mean, what really differentiates the two spirits? Um, I think because children are so innocent, they don't know, they don't know anything other than they're here. So for them, at least at, to a certain age, like I said, 
they wouldn't know the difference if they had died, and that's why God snatches them right away. And I think as adult spirits, if if we choose to stay, I don't believe in purgatory, but I believe that we would be in that state where we start becoming restless, sad, and that's what happens with a lot of hauntings. Okay. So you're saying that basically God is protecting the children from a long or eternal suffering from being on their own. And that's why he's taking them uh, straight into heaven with him where they can be safe and secure and taken care of for the rest of their days. Basically. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like I've said before, I could be wrong. I I do admit that there there's probably a possibility that we don't get to choose, but doing the investigations and that sort of thing, I've that's what raises the question for me. And it could be demons just mimicking these these dead people as well as well as the dead children. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, I honestly think that that's what's going on. And, you know, maybe children don't have as much free will or have free will at all yet until they, until you get to a certain age. Well, that I, you know what, that's something I'd like to comment on, but we will discuss that and much more after this break. Hey there, I'm Hannah and I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. Hey, Parafans. Do I have a deal for you? The people over at Loot Crate are giving our listeners a 10% savings on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. Loot Crate is this awesome monthly mystery smorgasbord of a package that you get stuffed with different things from different genres, such as Zelda, Fallout, Harry Potter, and so many more. So to get your 10% savings, make sure you go to TryLootCrate.com forward slash Paratruth. Again, that's TryLootCrate.com forward slash Paratruth and enter Bridge 10 to get 10% savings on any new subscription. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we've been having an awesome conversation about child spirits connected to demonic activity and what happens to children's spirits when they die. And Eric left us with a cliffhanger just before the break on his his ideas on what I was just saying about how I feel that maybe child, children don't have free will or as much free will as as adults do, especially when they die. Now, the, the thing that's, that I want to point out is, according to Scripture, we all free will from the beginning of days, the moment we're born. 
The scripture also goes on to say that we are sinful the moment we are born. In fact, even before we're born, we're full of sin and therefore deserve death the moment that we enter this world. Uh, believe it or not, and it's hard to, to, to believe this because ch- children just can't really understand. There is a freedom there. There's a freedom to cry. There's a freedom to to beg. There's a freedom to do this. There's a freedom to do that. I mean, the very first thing a child does when it's born is it cries. Why? Because it's a need. It wants something. It's greedy. It wants attention. The baby wants attention. It's not crying just because, oh my God, that was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. Shed these tears of joy. I don't know, man. Coming out of the womb is pretty hard. (laughs) I mean, just think about it though. I mean, this is the way I was taught. And I know not everyone is taught the same way, but the way I was taught uh, at my church is that when a child is born and is crying, that's a sign of sin. Because if there wasn't sin, we wouldn't be crying. We'd come out all happy and joyful and blah, 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 blah. You know, hey, I'm here. And I think there are some kids that come out like that you really know, weird. Th- I know. Well, let's, we'll get into that another time. <laughs> uh, I could go to that too. But yeah, so yeah, you know, I, I think that children do have a sense of free will uh, internally, maybe not externally. Obviously, uh, they, they can't just get up and walk, they don't have that. They, they don't have the stability or the yeah, strength in their legs. That, yeah. But you know that they have some type of will, that they're reaching for food. They're reaching for their bottle. They're reaching for little toys on the ground. They have the will to do that and the freedom to do that. So they're not just, hey, you don't have any free, free will. You don't get to choose what you like and what you don't like because they are choosing what they like and what they don't like. They are choosing whether they want to cry or not. They're, they're choosing this, choosing that. So, you know, I, I disagree with you to a small percentage there i think in the free will thing but nonetheless and that's okay that's yeah. the whole point of the show um let, let's i want to move into something else here one of the beliefs that we only covered slightly at the beginning um of the show was that some children's spirits may not be there willingly they may not be a manifestation of demonic entity, mm-hmm. but instead they're a prisoner of a demonic entity of or of some other unknown entity, whether it be human or otherwise, and that the children are then being used by the entity in order to deceive the investigators or the people who are surround or around them. Uh, and this is something that we see in modern day, unfortunately, in real life, you know, mm-hmm. like not the dead, but the living, um, which again, we can get into so much about that because the Bible discusses the living and the dead and what the difference is. But anyway, we see people using their children to get stuff mm-hmm. all the time, all the time. And so in this case, we're seeing the possibility that maybe demons are using children's spirits or child spirits in some way. What are your thoughts on that and how they would maybe even go about doing such thing if they are indeed protected under God's own law. Hmm. Well, I I mean, it is a possibility that, like you were saying, that kids have free will, and if they were able to choose to stay here instead of being snatched up by God, that demons would find them easy to prey on and and grab them and use them to their, their own bidding. Um Kids don't 
get the chance, especially if they die at an early age, get the chance to build up that uh, barrier immunity, if you will, against things or even learn about the word of God or about ways to protect themselves against uh, spirits. So I, I could foresee that actually happening, yeah, if if it is truly kids' spirits are able to stay here. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, and I completely agree. And, you know, one, one of the things that we see here uh, in in our times, in movies in particular, we see that kind of thing happening. The most common, I think, is in the Paranormal Activity series, mm-hmm. uh, where a demonic, where a demon by the name of Toby latches on to a couple of girls, and the girls become attached to this demonic entity, um, the children. And maybe if, indeed, this is something that's real, maybe the demons aren't so much aren't so much manipulating the children. I mean, they are, but not knowingly to the children. Like if the children are lost in spirit, then they're looking for somebody who will stay with them. You know, their children need a mother or a father, you know, someone who's going to be there to watch over them. And if a demonic entity comes along and portrays itself as something kind and Hey, I'll take care of you. And then it manipulates the situation from behind the scenes well, then, yeah, I can see that happening, you know. But again, this is if indeed children or any spirits can walk the earth, human, I mean, right. uh, after death or upon death. Well, one thing that would, as you were talking about that, it, it could possibly even take the form of the mother of that child to each individual child yeah. that they came across. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, it, I, the thing is, the Bible is very clear that Satan is able to manifest himself as a number of different things. In fact, he can appear as anything. He can appear as your grandmother, your grandfather, your parents, your siblings, your dog, your cat, or whatever. Satan is capable of doing that. Uh, he is an angel of light, but he appears as a snake in the garden, you know? Mm. He, he appears as, uh, you know, to some people as a roaring lion. He's considered, you know, he doesn't actually appear as a roaring lion in the Bible, but he's considered one, you know, uh, he's considered a dragon. He's considered this, considered that. Uh, but we do see him manifesting himself in a number of ways. Um, and, and talks about him masking himself and how the other spirits, his servants can also mask themselves. So it's very, very blatant. I think, uh, the Satan and the demonic entities in general are going to go ahead and do everything they can to manipulate a situation. And for all we know, there could be two demonic entities behind everything when it comes to child spirits. We can have one portraying a child and another behind the scenes working as a back source, you know? Mm. You know, it, it's really a sense of misdirection. It, or it could be, you know? And who's to say that a demonic entity can't even split itself into several personalities? Mm-hmm. It, I mean, now that 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 takes on a whole different thing because that actually goes against scripture. But if they're capable of getting in your mind, they can make you see one thing, while in reality they're standing somewhere else. Because mm-hmm. yep. mind you, in scripture, the Bible says that the devil cannot be in two places at once. Only God is capable of that. There's no other entity in the universe capable of being in more than one place at one given time. Only God. Uh, so obviously the demons and the devil can't be in two places at one time, but 
they can trick you into thinking that they're in one place while all the while they're in another. And that's where, you know, that deceit comes in and that sleight of hand. So, or misdirection. All right, folks. So that about wraps it up for child spirits. I hope it was very intriguing to you guys. And if you have any thoughts about any of the things we discussed tonight, please feel free to hit us up on Facebook or at our website. Uh, Also, of course, Twitter, send us pictures on Instagram, whatever you've got, whatever you want to send us, please do so. We love interacting with you guys uh, and gals. So that I think is that. And this is this. And this is this. Uh, we, we have some stuff going on next week, which I know Justin is going to want to tell you about. Also, we have something new coming up for those of you who haven't seen anything on Facebook recently. Uh, so Justin, I'm going to go ahead and turn the mic over to you. Okay. So next week, folks, we're going to be talking to Scott Kolbaba about his book, Physicians Untold Stories. Miraculous experiences doctors are hesitant to share with their patients or anyone. So it's going to be an interesting one because I know he gets into out-of-body experiences and miracles and that sort of thing. So you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, he actually had requested to be on any of the shows that are on Fringe Radio Network and uh, Johnny Ironhead brought it to our attention. So I'm like, absolutely. It would definitely be something that I think we can touch base on and uh, bring it to the listeners. So starting on August 23rd, that's a Wednesday, Eric and I are doing something, a monthly episodic live. I, I emphasize live show. Uh, we're bringing back Night Stalkers, but it's not the Night Stalkers that anybody who listened to Night Stalkers remembers. Uh, it's going to be called the Night Stalkers Variety Show. And the idea behind this is we're going to be way more laid back than we are on Paratruth Radio. We're going to be joking. We're going to be uh, discussing other topics other than paranormal. There will be some paranormal in there, but uh, we'll be trying to mix it up as much as we can. Uh, Eric, why don't you tell them a little bit about our point system and comedic relief and all that great stuff? Sure. So the point system, this is something that actually Justin had brought up. He thought it'd be fun to do. Uh, and basically, throughout the show, it's a half hour long. We're going to be talking about a number of different subjects uh, or topics. Uh, and we're going to be having fun doing the things that we uh, that we pretty much do off air, just being goofballs. It's what mm-hmm. we like doing. It's fun. It's relaxing. Uh, but at the end of the show... Based on the topics that we've chosen to bring up front and discuss, we're going to start rating each other. I'm going to score him on what he brings to the table, and he's going to score me on what I bring to the table. In the end, we're going to tally up the points uh, and leave it to you guys to rate us then and give us a score of who you think brought the better content for that episode and who happened to be the bigger goofball uh, and made the best jokes. So... That's something I think is going to be really fun because we get to do a lot of interaction with you guys. And then we'll go ahead and the following episode, which, again, this is a monthly episode, uh, we will then discuss who actually won the last episode. So it's uh, Team Eric versus Team Justin. Exactly. Yeah. We, we allow you guys to choose between Team Eric or Team Justin. Uh, and, you know. 
no fouls here. It's fine if you guys choose Justin. I'm okay with it. Uh, Justin may cry a little if you choose me, but hey, I'm okay with that as well. Um, it gives me more, more, <laughs> more ammo for the following month. Well, I, I honestly will not cry if Eric wins because I am willing to admit when the best man, Justin, wins the entire mm-hmm. show. <laughs> So, yeah, that's what's going on, guys. If you guys haven't checked out um, the Facebook page recently, Paratruth Facebook page, uh, I have been announcing here and there, um, especially on my personal page as well, but I did create a Night Stalkers uh, variety show fan page if you want to check it out. So that is all for Child Spirits and the. Dem- the the connection to demonic activity folks so i do apologize that the past couple weeks have been a little bit shorter than usual i know eric and i have been doing just the the two of us but uh we've been just the two of us (laughs) just chilling from from guests for a little bit so next week is going to be a great warming up to get back into having guests on the show so definitely stay tuned in for that as well as any episode of Paratruth Radio and now coming up Night Stalkers, the Night Stalkers variety show. And, uh, yeah. So until next week, folks, where you will find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin and I'm Eric. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Paratruth Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can find them at Stitcher. Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and the Fringe Radio Network. Or for a one-time fix of all of your Paratruth needs, simply drop in to ParatruthRadio.com. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram for brand new updates on our show every day. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested. 
through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.